Yo. Yo, we did it, 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 we did it. Just sitting here playing the old guitar. Oh, that is really, really nice. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Man, I was having a really hard time uh, when all this uh, coronavirus stuff went down. I was having a really hard time for the first week uh, just getting settled enough to write anything or do anything. And uh, this week, I finally wrote a new song uh, and felt good. You were lying in the sun with your hands in the air, with your hair on the ground. Like a foreign affair I was the man on the mountain Making it rain You were blowing my mind Again and again From a reasonable distance I could tell you weren't part of the apartment From a reasonable distance I guess I got a little better of you And you, you wrote a, a great new song, too. Quiet like islands, we're floating in the stream. Stand still long enough, we'll become like the trees. I give my way on opposite day. Not try and keep from falling. Most days and that's okay, but don't wake me, I'm still sleeping. Coma cloud about a thousand years. Why people fall in love? I wonder what they're feeling. Don't wake me up, I'll be alright. Don't wake me, I'm still sleeping. Cooler cloud about a thousand years. Why people fall in love? I But I guess you've been writing a lot. Have you been writing a lot during this or no? I have, but I've not been finishing. So I've written like full pieces of music and tracked them just because it's, I haven't seen you work this way because your demos are usually pretty elaborate. You got a lot going on, but I work really fast with that part of it. I can get the drums down. I can get instruments down. I can make the track sound cool. I'll even start kind of mixing it, making it sound cool. But the trouble I'm having, which I'm curious if you have any, if there's any overlap for you, is just like lyrical ideas that don't feel completely ridiculous. And then like melody, singing, because now I'm doing all my singing. You have a kind of a studio behind your house, but my studio is in the middle of my house. So all my singing now, my wife can hear it. My daughter can hear it. There's noise. It's just felt really stressful. And I've felt like all my lyrics and melodies have been really shitty. <laughs> so I have been writing a lot, but I've also been feeling really stuck. So well, the few times that I've co-written, that's the way I feel. Like when I'm in the room with somebody and I'm trying to come up with lyrics, I feel very self-conscious, and I don't think it's conducive at all to 
to mining the subconscious part of your brain that where all the good stuff comes from. So, I mean, I'm sure it's like anything, like the more you do it, the more, the more comfortable you'll become doing it. And eventually it's like, they want to even be there or something. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Like I, I've, I haven't co-written enough to ever get to that point where I'm just really comfortable coming up with lyric ideas. I don't mind music ideas with somebody in the room is easy because music's easy, but yeah, lyrics are tough when somebody's around. Well, I just eventually had to just say to myself, I don't care. I don't care what they think. I don't care if they don't understand it or if the lyrics weird, if they, you know, I could just, you just have to push it out. And that in itself was an interesting exercise because they don't care, I guess. I don't know. We didn't talk about it. Yeah. And that's fine too. But I'm just used to having a lot of, you know, private time. With other right. co writers, it doesn't bother me at all because we're all there to do the same thing. So, you know, you have to just give that up together. I do have people that get self conscious in here, but I've never felt self conscious in front of a co writer. But I'll have co writers, usually it's when they're the artist type, not other like sort of professional songwriter types. Where I will have to like get them comfortable with being expressive without knowing what they're gonna do. I don't you know if you ever write this way, Bob, but singing dummy lyrics, which means just singing over whatever music you've got going and not worrying about what you're saying. And a lot of times I'll have someone do dummy lyrics and I'll be writing down whatever it is I think they're saying. Right. And great subconscious stuff comes out of that. I'll be like, oh, when you said the yellow moon, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, that's not what I said at all. And it's like, cool. Well, that's what I heard. And it's this cool jumping off point, and that gets everyone loosened up. And then you can sort of not be afraid to fail or look silly, because we're all in there doing it together. Now, my wife and kid don't really have that context. To them, it's just their husband and dad singing a bunch of weird lyrics. Do you know who famously wrote that way? Talking Heads guy? Sigur Rose. Oh, Sigur Rose, the Icelandic band? <laughs> that's a joke. No, uh, that's a joke that I thought of after I asked the question, because they just make up a nonsense language. They don't have lyrics. Right. No, uh, the right. guy who did it famously and had a huge, was hugely successful was Sammy Hagar. That's the way he wrote all of his songs. So he would just wow kind of talk in voices and record that and then go back and go, hmm, what am I saying? And then like flesh out the lyrics uh, from his, you know, just mumblings and stuff. Yeah, it's like the, the days of my like, oh, I have a narrative idea that I want to get down the way Bob Dylan did in his early writing days. Like, oh, I want to write. The Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll, and this is what happened. How do I write this story in a great poetic way that gets me from A to B? I've just hundreds of songs beyond that. In term, not not writing anything that good, but just I'm more interested in like a collage of words that evoke a feeling that are just strange. Yeah. So th that is both freeing and easier to do in some ways, but also it can be really tough if you're a tough critic on yourself in terms of like, is this good or is this complete bullshit? Like the line between those two things is so thin. Yeah. It's tough. I will say this. A lot of times when I'm writing a song, I'll come up with real crazy lyrics. And then after that, when I'm about to play them live, I'll kind of change them as I'm rehearsing and stuff. And I'll make them less jarring or less crazy. And every time I've done that, and then I've gone back after a year or two and listened to the original lyrics, I always like the original lyrics better than the sort of polished lyrics that i right. did for for the public or whatever have you learned from that have you done that less since you've noticed that that's a pattern yeah i try to yeah i have and so even if something's weird i i, I try to keep it in and then see how it you know see what happens but it's like hanging art in your house uh as soon as you hang it you don't notice it or even realize it's there anymore 
So lots of times I'll do that. And then like I have a song called Tell Me That You Love Me. And the lyrics are mouth like a snow cone, bass blown, mass vision in the Arctic, unknown, hit you like a cyclone, up late, no worries, slurry speech, mouth don't work like it's supposed to. Who you again? Now that don't make no sense, but I left it in there and now I just sing it like that's actually something. Well, because it is, it is, it became something. Like, you know what I mean? It, now it is something. It is something, but... <laughs> but that's what I tell Nova all the time, and it's just w- weird that you don't take your own advice sometimes, but it's like, there are no mistakes when you're doing art. Like, there's nothing... It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't... It depends on the kind of song you're trying to present, but you can make something that's just a collage of strangeness, and that becomes its own thing, and it defies normal logic because it's in the realm of art, which sounds really pretentious, but that is exactly what's going on there. Yeah, but the difference between... The lyrics of like Mike Doty. Soul coughing guy. The soul coughing lyrics. The difference between his lyrics and Tori Amos. You look at both of those lyrics and Tori Amos stuff is like nonsensical. His stuff's nonsensical, but his stuff is so great and means so much and is so smart. And her shit is dumb as fuck and doesn't mean dick. Oh man, I love her lyrics. I think her stuff's great. Yeah, I don't. Well, <laughs> I, I don't at all. I, I think I think she sucks all the dicks. How much of it have you heard, though? Not that much, because I only had to listen to enough to know that I didn't like it. Well, she's intense and very earnest, and you don't really like that. All right, I'm going to look at Tori Amos' greatest hits. Lyrics. All right, God, sometimes you just don't come through. Then she repeats that again, because got to say it twice. Do you need a woman to look after you? God, sometimes you just don't come through. Oh, let's use it a fourth time. You make pretty daisies, pretty daisies, love. I got to find what you're doing about things here. A few witches burning gets a little toasty here. I got to find why you always go when the wind blows. Tell me you're crazy. Maybe then I'll understand. You got your nine iron in the back seat just in case. That's the best line so far in that song. Yeah, I love heard that you, line. Heard, you, heard you've gone south. Well, babe. You love your new four wheel. I got to find why you always go when the wind blows. You know that people's relationship with God is directly linked to their relationship with their dad. Was she like abused or something by her stepdad or something? She has a history of being abused. Yeah. That's probably what's going on here. That wasn't horrible. I don't think the thing you're doing is very generous. I don't think a lot, you could take anyone's just plain lyrics depending on the song and it won't read when you can't hear how they've matched it to the music. Let's take my lyrics and, and read them like that. Mouth like a snow cone, bass blown, mass vision in the Arctic unknown, hit you like a cyclone up late, no worries, slurry speech, mouth don't work like it's supposed to, who again? Zip. I mean, it just depends on the song. Well, here's the problem. My lyrics, way better than Tori Amos. Tori Amos sells way more tickets. Guess what Tori Amos's fans would do, would do if they heard me saying this? Come after me with their little tippity tappity fingers on social media it's just different stuff man she's just, she's got a different vibe she's gonna scratch a different itch than you are or that bright eyes will or that bob dylan will or that lenny kravitz will i love her stuff i think she's great well t- tell me tell me your favorite song of hers i'll look at the lyrics my right favorite now. song of hers is on an album called scarlet's walk and it's called a sort of fairy tale got it sort of fairy tale lyrics here we go so here's wait, let me tell you what, it's, my, what 
Let me tell you what it's about. Uh, no, though. no, no, no. I don't want to know what it's about. I want to hear the song. All right. I my biggest pet peeve is when somebody's on stage going, "Oh, this next song's about shut the fuck up. Let me hear the song, motherfucker." All right. Well, let's hear it. On my way up north, up on the Ventura, pulled back the hood, and I was talking to you, and I knew then it would be a lifelong thing, but I didn't know that we could break a silver lining. I'm so sad, like a good book. I can't put this day back. A sort of fairy tale with you. A sort of fairy tale with you. Things you said that day up on the 101. The girl come undone. I tried to downplay it with a bet about us. You said that you'd take it as long as I could. I could not erase it. I'm so sad, like a good book. I can't put this day back. A sort of fairy tale with you. All right. That Again, that's actually not bad. Like, I don't mind those lyrics at all. But I don't know, maybe I just heard some of her more like poetic, like nonsense shit. I, I guess that's what I've, that's what I'm. The next part is my favorite part. She says, I ride alongside you then. I rode alongside till you lost me on the open road. I rode alongside till the honey spread itself so thin for me to break your bread, for me to take your word. I had to steal it. That's killer. By the way, what? guess what I'm not doing? What? Listen into the background and see if you hear any noises of zippers. None. Keep going, though. <laughs> well, here's, what, here's why I think you will like what the song's about, because we've talked about this. She's talking about basically falling in love with a guy who's in another car on the highway. They're just driving down the road. Great. Write a better song about it. I think this song's perfect. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just don't care. Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's The problem is really that you don't care. No, I don't care. I know. <laughs> I mean, how can I make it more clear? I just think if you're primed to not care, you're not going to like anything. Down New Mexico way, something about the open road. I knew that he was looking for some Indian blood and find a little in you, find a little in me. We may be on this road, but we're just impostors in this country, you know. So we go along and we said we'd fake it. Feel better with Oliver Stone till I almost smacked him seemed right that night. And I don't know what takes hold out there in the desert cold. These guys think they must try and just get over on us. Okay, sing it out, old Tori Amos. Get all sideways on your piano and have the piano point one way and have your body point the other way. Come on, Tori Amos. Sing it to us. Tell us how it is. Oh, unless she's a friend of the podcast. In that case, love her lyrics and everything she does well we have a lot of emails that we need to read let's read some emails because we haven't read emails in a while and they are backed up first of all we need to say thank you to some new patrons we've gotten some new patrons uh you can support the show p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash i-o-k the letters and uh we have stuff that we're giving you over there unreleased music and postcards and all that stuff but we do want to say thank you so deb wallace is a new patron Molly Cummings is a new patron. Nicole Yerkes, JP, Kevin Lovisek, and I believe those are all the new ones for this week. So thank you to all of you who thank jumped you. on and, and support the show. It really means a lot to us. All right, let's just go into some of these emails. Jonathan Press says, Gents, thank you. Quick side note of thanks to Bob. I caught the ACL Benefit show, and amid a bunch of mellow, even somber tunes, there was Bob jamming a tune with Harry Nutsack amongst the lyrics. Zip. Much needed and appreciated levity and general vibe. This isn't the reason we love you, but it's certainly one of the reasons. Be safe, fellas. JP. Dude, I watched about, I don't know, I watched maybe 45 minutes of that. It was a, it was a bunch of different artists that submitted. We each submitted two songs, and then they kind of pieced it all together, uh, you know, like from our phone at home. And uh, I knew it was going to be a bunch of like, 
So I was like, I'm definitely not going that direction. <laughs> so I went, uh, <laughs> I went, uh, I did Bon Show No Baby, which is uh, a fun song. And then I did 40 Dogs because give the people what they want. I'm not fucking Radiohead, motherfucker. I'm not, I'm going to play my hit. If you want to hear it, I'll play it. I'm not going to hide it away for 20 years. Is that what Radiohead does? Dude, they wouldn't play Creep. They didn't play Creep for 20 years. Right. And then I think they played it once at some show and everybody's skin fell off their bodies. <laughs> and then they had to like come in with dump trucks and kill, and all these corpses were in the audience because people went crazy. What if a song got so big, though, and it was like the one song everyone always talked about associated with you and you really sincerely did not like the song? Like Ben Folds with Brick? I don't know, but I'm asking you. I saw Ben Folds when he was touring that record, when that record was like really big. It was the biggest hit he ever had. He did not play that song live. What about you? I don't care about Ben Folds. No, because I'm not Ben Folds and I'm not fucking Radiohead. I'm going to give the people what they want. And then I'm going to give them what I think they want, even if they don't want it. Zippity doo dah. <laughs> Oh, the rattle is back. Oh. <laughs> All right. Our next email is from our friend Katie Featherston. Oh, and I had it dialed up here. And now, good God, I can't find it. I had it. Now it's gone. Good grief. I saw Katie doing the uh, push-up challenge on Instagram. Here it is. I found it. Yeah. Someone tagged me in that. Guess what? I'm not doing any fucking push-ups. Dude, I've been doing push-ups. I've been exercising. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life when this thing is over. Well, that's great. Me too. Just not with push-ups. My breast looks like, it's starting <laughs> to look like the breast of Michelangelo's David. Wow. And you, with the tiny little Michelangelo's David penis too? <laughs> shh. Don't. <laughs> shh. Everybody, shh. All right, here's what Katie's email says. She says, hey, guys, I have a lot of feelings about Love is Blind. Number one, why did I watch this? Number two, was pod dating some sort of creepy pandemic foreshadowing? Number three, if ever there was a reason to not get plastered, it's the moment the ex-mechanic chick is grinning like the Joker and crying about how happy she is to be a bride. Okay, yeah, here's the deal, too. Anytime that they, the producers just must have loved those little get-togethers, because anytime those people got drunk, it was a total shit show. Just the grossest Worst conversations, the worst advice ever, especially that Jessica chick. She would just get hammered and get real loose. Okay, I all right, I agree with what you just said, but I have a couple things to discuss about that show that I haven't been able to discuss with anyone. First of all, so the show starts out and there's like ten men and ten women, right? But we only we only follow five couples maybe or six at the most yeah i was disappointed because there was one guy that was like a vampire that always gave advice and then you never saw him with any chicks or any dates and then he goes bye-bye and then you got the guy that says he'd never had sex and he went bye-bye too okay well here's the interesting thing and let me know and i thought for for some reason i thought you know what they're gonna at the end of the series like maybe the show before the last one they're gonna go back and show you what happened but none of the ugly people or overweight people Mm -hmm. got proposed to Right. And so my question is, they must have been like, hey, how much do you weigh? What's your size? You know, they must have done some stuff like that. But none, but everybody who got proposed to was good looking. All the people that were in it in the end were good looking. No, and there were some not good looking guys and some not good looking women. And we never heard from them again. 
Yeah, I actually read on Wikipedia that the people who weren't paired up with anybody were actually killed. (laughs) 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 They did not get to go back home to their families. They were actually killed. Dude, what if it was like Hunger Games where if you don't get proposed to, you are murdered in the pod? Dude, that's an exciting game. But here, all right, so that's, that's my one thing. Was like, why do you think that? Why do I think that only pretty people made it? Yeah. Because that's good TV. Well, I thought for sure they were going to come back and they were going to like some of the not good looking people were going to get proposed to. And then they were going to see each other for the first time. And they were like, uh, 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 right. No way, man. And here's what they can't show that now. Because if they showed that cancel culture like they're like oh really yeah we're done with your show well because here's the thing that gets revealed throughout the whole especially the episode maybe episode three or four when they meet each other here's where this ends up betraying the whole premise of the show they all definitely care about what each other looked like they kept For saying sure. that they're like i mean look i know that like you know we got engaged in the pod and it's about inner beauty but man i really hope they like the way i look and i hope that i like the way they look how about the one couple they were the only for sure couple that were going to get married and that chick said no to that guy. Oh yeah, Kenny, Kenny, and uh, the other chick. Yeah, yeah, she said no. I knew she was. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't fuck him. So I knew when she wasn't fucking him that she wasn't gonna be with him. I thought she was just like taking it easy. No, no. Here's the deal: when you're when you're big boy, big girl, and you're talking about getting married, and you're hanging out in Mexico, and they're plying you with alcohol every day, you're fucking. And if you're not fucking, there's a big problem. And she knew it. I would guarantee you, if you went back and watched it, you could see in her that she knew that she was never going to marry Kenny. Right. And they probably edited it so that like all her reservations were not included in the show. And, you know, they made it look like she was really into it. I thought that the dude who basically his big thing was that he was bi. I hated that whole thing. That guy was a total asshole. First of all, he should have told her that he was bi before he proposed to her. Everyone pretty much agrees with that. But then his whole big thing, his whole big victim thing, and then he's like acting like a total lunatic and crying and screaming and throwing his hat. I thought everything that chick did, uh, Diamond, I thought she was pretty reasonable with all that stuff. But they tried to like paint her as being like homophobic or biphobic or whatever, and he's just the victim. I thought that was all really lame. Dude, I loved Diamond. I loved her. She was great. She just, she didn't take shit from anybody well barnett said her name sounded like a stripper name and she was like fuck that yeah she's like fuck you and speaking of barnett one of katie's questions is she says she says why did every woman love barnett so much i don't understand not my vibe yeah i i couldn't really understand that either i I can't remember if i asked my wife if she thought he was a cutie pie but he made those chicks lose their minds uh i thought he was a good looking guy i don't know he's just a bro bro home bro home bro home is that the name for those guys, Brohams? Broham. I'll tell you what. I did not think Lauren and Cameron were gonna were gonna work out, and that was probably the most successful couple of the whole show. Is that the scientist guy with the? Yeah. Uh, man, I love that couple. Me but too. how how tight was that guy? Like that guy was so tight on camera, and then during the reunion, he was like all relaxed and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, this is much better because there were a couple times where they were filming him and he was just like kind of holding her hand and he was like, I am a robot human (laughs) being. I was like, how is this chick even being okay with this guy? Like that would creep me out. She seemed really uncomfortable with him the whole time. That's why I was so surprised. Well, here's what I think happened with those guys. Like I think him on camera, I think he was just really self-conscious whenever he was on camera. And then when he wasn't on camera, maybe she saw like who he really was because he seemed like a cool guy. And 
I loved her. I loved her dad, dude. When he met her dad, that was so intense. Oh man. my god, that was intense. Uh, dude, I love that show. And here's what I love about it: the way that show works. Now that you see how it works, where they can say no at the altar, you know. First of all, don't have any ugly people on the show. Don't have any overweight people on the show. I mean, a little bit overweight, but not like obese, not like to where they're unattractive. Uh, is this part getting cut from the show? Probably. <laughs> um, just have good looking people on the show. Everybody knows what good looking people are. Put them on the show. I think it's not very controversial, at least in my world, to say that people would rather see attractive people than ugly people. That's just a fact. Well, now that people know what that show is, which is, oh, it's another reality show where you can get really famous. Everybody's going to want to be on the show. So they're not going to, there's no shortage of people, people that are probably pieces of shit who want to be on that show just to become famous. And, and all of them are going to propose now that they know that there's a hard out on the altar. Right. And dude, that show is going to be great next season. If there is a next season, because everything's not filming because of this thing going on right now. Yeah. Right. Weird times, man. Really weird times. It's weird times because it's just new. To, it's new. It's something new and it's weird. I mean, we're humans, man. We adapt, make changes and uh, figure it out and move forward. And that's what's going to happen. So it, right now it's it's definitely weird, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Greg writes in, says, new way to listen to the podcast. Hey, Bob and Clint, been a fan since the beginning. Was just listening to your last episode and accidentally hit the half speed button on my phone. <laughs> he says, "He says, do you think you guys are funny normally? I was pissing my pants and couldn't bring myself to change it back. Might have to listen that way from now on. You also get twice as long of a podcast. Bonus zip. Gregory Keith from Jersey. Dude, have you ever done it? It just sounds like the people are drunk as fuck. It doesn't matter because it mo- I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense, but it moves a little bit. I know. The I know. I don't get it either. It's a fucking mystery. We've talked about this top three worst sentence, bit first sentences ever. Number one, I have this podcast. Number one. That's number one. Dude, I'm filled. Like, if somebody says, I have a podcast, all I can think of is, like, I hate you. Yeah, right. And then we have a podcast, so... I know, but I don't tell anybody that I have a podcast. I don't either. I don't either. Even when, dude, someone can come up to me and pretend that they are the biggest Metallica fan in the world, and and I know that I probably know more than them because I've dedicated three years of my fucking life to a weekly Metallica podcast. I won't even tell them I have a Metallica podcast. Yeah. So that's number one. I have have dreams too, but I'm not going to say, oh, you know what I dreamed about last night? Right. Well, number two, 
uh, glad you mentioned that. Number two is I had the craziest dream last oh night. Oh my god. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh my rough. god. Cause guess no one needs to hear about that fucking dream. No. Now, if it's my wife, I will listen to it just because I just, I want to do anything where I can prove to her that I care. (laughs) (laughs) I really am trying to find things to prove to her that I care. And and I can't think of anything more caring than me listening to her dumbass boring dream. What's the third thing? I wrote this poem. Uh, that is funny. Uh, thank you, Greg. Let's keep moving along here. Uh, Karen K writes in. She says, hey, guys, hearing my name and email mentioned on the last podcast made my day. She said, okay, maybe a year. She says, the shame tutor had me laughing out loud, and I was blown away when Bob mentioned being dyslexic because I've worked at a school for dyslexic students for the past 15 years. Not 100% sure if that statement was shtick or truth, but it would make perfect sense as my dyslexic students have amazingly creative and often restless brains. So, Bob, if it is true, could you talk about that on the podcast one day? Are you dyslexic? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I Here's what I know. Whatever I am, I got used to it 53 years ago or 52 years ago. And it's the way I've been ever since. So I don't know. You know, I don't know any different from what I am. I do know that I was really hard for me to figure out which way an E goes or an S or a Z or you know, you know, that kind of stuff. But is that because I was dyslexic or is that because it's just hard to figure out which way those things go? I don't know. Hmm. Right. It's easy for me to write backwards. Uh, you know, I can write backwards. I can't write cursive backwards, but I can write, you know, block lettering backwards just as easy as say I can write forwards. That makes sense. Well, maybe she can weigh in on what you're saying and give us some clarity. She says, as you as you can probably guess, my trip to Austin was canceled. Uh, she was going to come to see the live podcast we had booked. Oh, wow. She says, instead, I'm home for the la- uh, for at least two weeks with my six-year-old. I know you're both in the same boat. Stay calm and carry on. And thank you, Bob, for live streaming your show tomorrow night, giving me something to look forward to this week, along with tomorrow's podcast episode, of course. Monday, excuse me. Mondays are the new Friday. Love and song, Karen. That's a nice email. Ah. 
Thanks, Karen. By the way, we were super backlogged, so we'll have to read more of these on the next episode. But you can write in bobandclint at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash I-O-K, the letters. And then, of course, the easiest, cheapest thing you can do to support the show is to leave us a positive review on iTunes and tell your buddies about it. Yeah, for sure. If you if you like the podcast, just share it with people that you know and go, hey, check this podcast out. The more people we can get on board, the the better it'll be for everybody, right? And listen, whichever way, <laughs> yeah, right. Whichever way that you listen to podcasts, uh, there will be a link in the description, hyperlinks to all of our socials because there's all this confusion about where our socials are, just click on it. It'll take you there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all right there. Our Patreon, iTunes. It's all clickety-clackable right there. All right. Until next time, we love you guys. Uh, Hang in there, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Peace. (laughs)